This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today for Messianic Vision. You know, you've heard it a million times. God has an amazing plan for you. And Jesus himself even said that nothing would be impossible if you believe. But for so many believers, this has not actually been their experience. Why is that? Well, my guest today is going to tackle that very question. She's a mom, wife, speaker, minister, and host of many women's conferences, and she has a goal today that once this program is over, you will never forget that you were created for the impossible. She's the author of the book, Created for the Impossible, Chrissy Nelson. Chrissy, welcome. Hi, Donna. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you today. Well, we appreciate you dropping by and spending some time with us. You know, uh, people hear that all the time. God has a plan for you, but it's hard for some people to believe. Chrissy, why is that? You know, that's that's like my life's question. <laughs> like, And many women I've talked to can say, yeah, it's really easy for me to believe this for other people, but I can't believe it for myself. You know, and I think we can all relate to that. We can cheer on others. We can champion them. But to look ourselves in the eye in the mirror and really say, you know what, God has an amazing plan for your life, you know, looking at yourself, it's hard to grab on and believe that. And I believe that doubt has a big, big role in it. And I believe that's part of our journey of identity and discovering who we are in him and who who he says that we are. I believe it goes all the way back to you know, that original deception of the enemy, did God really say? And he calls into question the, you know, the reality and the truths that God speaks over us. Did God really say Ah, the impossible? Did God really say that he has a plan for you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future? You know, the enemy is always challenging that. And God wants to bring us to a place where we just can simply reply back, yes, he did say it. And we believe it, you know? Yes, yes. Well, when you were 17 years old, God spoke to you about the writing of the very book that you have written now. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, when I was 17, he did. He just said, Chrissy, you're going to, I need you to write a book for your generation. And after the encounters that I had with him as a young person that we'll talk about later, too, I was just, yes, okay, yes, Lord, whatever you want, I'm going to do it. And so I took that to mean write a book for teenagers as a teenager, you know, right, right. from their perspective. And I was ready to do it, but that that's not what the plan actually ended up looking like. And years went by, and suddenly I wasn't a teenager anymore. Um, I was married. We were living in another state, my husband and I. And I remember being in my mid-20s and just kind of reflecting on that, like, what was that all about? And began to really put that promise on a shelf, thinking, I don't know, maybe it was my youthful zeal or something. <laughs> and, um, you know, just uh, maybe I made that up. But then as I got further and further into my 20s, after really dealing with a lot of discouragement over what wasn't happening, um, Suddenly, you know, really with the birth of my daughter, God began to stir up the promises of my youth and began to show me, no, that was me, Christy. That was my voice. That was my plan and my promise for your life. And and so, you know, he kind of wooed me back into this place of going for it with him, pursuing the dreams and the, and the plans and, and promises of, of God that he spoke over me. And, you know, it was it was 17 years later after the promise was spoken wow. that then the book was actually published. And it's so beautiful because at some point in there, God said to me after I became a mom, he's like, now you see, Chrissy, you know, you needed to become a mother before you could do these things that I had shown you that you would do. And and then we launched my book on Mother's Day. And, and you know, and it turned out I needed to live a life. I needed to live it out. I needed to walk out this book. I needed to experience the doubts and the questions, 
you know, yes. that I could then put in this book and sort of answer with the help of the Holy Spirit that, you know, God thinks we can do anything. And you know what? I've, I've read the book. So from my perspective, you did write a book for your generation. That was exactly what you did. And that's what God said to me at <laughs> the point after I finally, you know, got over that hump of, okay, I'm going to do this. All right, God, I'm going to obey, you know. Um, after I really started really pursuing it, he said to me one day um, at the altar, clear as day, he said, he said, secrecy. He said, I never, he said, I, I, I always called you to write a book for your generation, you know, and he clarified that with me. And I just, it was that big aha moment. Like, Oh, you never actually said teenagers, did you? Exactly. My generation. And it's still my generation. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I know when people read your book, one of the first things that they're going to see is you have some of the most vivid encounters, open visions, uh, encounters with with God, with Holy Spirit, with the Lord Jesus, of anybody that I have ever read. And so (laughs) I I, I really right here at the beginning, I would love to for you to share the one that you call Come Follow Me. Yeah, that, you know, that was the day that Jesus came into the room and he took me by the hand. And, you know, it's interesting because I had been hungering for an encounter with him. And I, for weeks prior to that, had been praying, you know, God, I want to encounter you again like I did in my youth. You know, Father, you know, send your presence in. Surprise me, Lord, you know. And and sure enough, that's what he did. I was feeling his presence so powerfully. And I was overcome by it. And I could, you know, I, I just something was about to happen. I could just tell. And so I stood up and I tried to make my way into the living room where everybody was. I took a few steps and I stopped and I felt like I kind of hit a wall or something. And I just stood there and the fear of the Lord came all over me. And it was like, I I couldn't move. And my hands were down by my side. And suddenly I felt something slip into my right hand and it shocked me for a minute. And then I heard Jesus speak to me and he said, I'm holding your hand. And immediately I was taken into this this open vision, this encounter with him where he said, come follow me. And I thought, you know, I'm like, okay, he's going to take me forward. He's going to bring me into visions of the future and the plans he has for my life. Yes. Instead, he took me back and he took me into moments in history in the word of God. And at first I, I was there with, I didn't know where I was actually. I was in this dark place, but I could hear Jesus talking outside of wherever I was. And I realized I was in the well. And it was that story in the Bible about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And I could hear Jesus talking to her and I could feel what she was feeling on the inside. And I think that's why he had me in this well, because on the inside, when he first started talking to her, um, she felt empty and, you know, alone. But the more he talked to her and the more he spoke identity over her and truth over her, I could feel this water rushing up inside of me. And it was it was joy as she was discovering who she was in him. And um, she went from this empty feeling of hopelessness to full of, of that living water that he said, if you knew who I was, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you would be asking him for a drink and he would give you living water, you know? And it was in that discussion that I could feel that rising up inside of this well I was in, which represented her heart. Um, and then he took me to the moment where he was walking through the crowd and the, you know, and he, that, that is talked about in the word and he's headed toward to heal this 12 year old girl that's dying. And what I felt in that moment, and I'm, and in that moment I was seeing through his eyes, And I was feeling what he was feeling. And all I could feel was this fierce focus. And that's the word that was hitting my heart. Fierce focus, like a lion. He knew where he was going. He didn't notice anything about the people that were pressing on him. Um, He knew what he was going to do. But then all of a sudden, power leaves his body. And I could feel that moment where it was like this draining. And he stopped. And that's when he said, who touched me? And the disciples are saying, you know, there's thousands of people here pressing on you. What are you talking about? And he said, no, I know that someone has touched me, that, you know, I felt power leave my body. And I felt as his fierce focus shifted in an instant from where he was headed to, I have to find 
this person. And that's when he found the woman and he was able to tell her daughter, you know, who she was, daughter, your faith has made you well. And then all of a sudden I was there in the area where there was the woman in the case of adultery being thrown in front of people, you know, being accused and thrown in front of Jesus saying, you know, what are you going to do with her? And I felt this overwhelming sense of love and compassion and protectiveness in him where, you know, he, he ran in this, he's running to shield her. I felt him shield, shield her with his cloak. I could feel the wind and the breeze as he was running to protect her from these accusers. And he, you know, looks up at them with this extreme fierce focus again and says, if any of you are without sin, let them cast the first stone. And that was so overwhelming to feel. Um, And then the last moment that he brought me into, it was like just jumping from one to the next. Suddenly I was looking through his eyes on the cross and I could see all the people down there, the ones that were crucifying him. And I could just feel this, you know, overwhelming um, pain and angst over these ones that were so blind and didn't know the ones that, you know, he came to save that were actually then crucifying him. And I could feel his pain and his agony in that moment. And, and I, and, and then all of a sudden, I felt this feeling and it was like what I felt in the well when the woman began to feel hope and she felt joy over who she was, this rushing water sensation. I could feel as I'm feeling what Jesus is feeling. And in that moment of agony on the cross, I felt joy welling up from within. And I, and I knew by the Holy Spirit that that was the joy set before Jesus that gave him that um, ability to endure the cross. Yes. And, um, And in that, you know, and then all of a sudden it was over and I was overwhelmed. I was back (laughs) aware of actually standing in a kitchen, you know? Yes. Um, And everybody around me was just kind of, they were doing their own thing, but one gal was still near me and saying, I don't even know. Honestly, I grabbed my computer. All I knew is I needed to doc, I needed to write this down. And he gave me this grace to just go outside, sit down and write it all down. And he said to me, Christy, this is, you know, this is chapter one in the book you're writing. And um, this encounter is something that I'm called to steward, you know, and to share because it's what's available to everybody, every believer. (laughs) Yes. Chrissy, oh, my goodness, the, the way you describe that, the way that he took you to these places, the things that you experienced, that you saw, that you felt, you heard, you smelled even. I mean, you were right there. It's his story, history, but he let you in. Yeah, absolutely. He And that's what he does. He invites us in. He shows us that this is it is, it's history, but it's his story. And we're, there's an invitation and a call for each and every one of us to come in. You know, he says, come follow me. And he wants us to follow him forward, but he wants us to follow him through, you know, through the gospels and through these encounters. You know, we think about these women and any, any story in the Bible, and they had no idea how their story would shape his story, you know, his right. story. Right, but, And that's what our story does today. That's what each and every person who's listening, your story is going to shape history. And you don't maybe realize that right now, but as we follow him, you know, and we, we figuratively or literally take him by the hand in our everyday, you know, our story is, it, something's being written with mm-hmm. our life, mm-hmm. you know, and with every person who's listening with their life. Yes. Yes. Ooh, that's powerful. Um, I want to give a little bit of background here. Chrissy, you were saved at four. You know, a lot of, a lot of people come to uh, a saving knowledge of the Lord at, at a very early age, as you did, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit at 10. But you were still pretty much a typical teenager with all the things sometimes that teenagers go through. And you, you even experienced like some insecurities and rejection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went through a really rough um, phase uh, in middle school where I discovered that I had no idea who I was. Oh, <laughs> no idea who I was. And I so here I and I and I didn't really have a, a grid for how to find out who I was. I knew that I loved Jesus and I loved him, but I was really dry and 
going through a lot with my family at the time, too, where, you know, they were going through stuff and they weren't really able even to speak into my identity as my parents. And um, so I just started comparing myself to everybody around me, trying to figure out based on this person and that person who I might be. And and that's empty, you know? Yes. Um, I'm uniquely made by God. Only God can speak into our identity. I didn't know that at the time. Um, But for a few years, I was, you know, I just got deeper and deeper into this sense of having no clue who I was, feeling rejected, feeling um, isolated, feeling alone. I felt so alone. I felt like I was on this road all by myself. And I finally, at 15 years old, had had enough. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough. And I, I, at that time, we had gone down to a revival service in Pensacola, Florida. I'm from Indiana. And we had gone down with um, my youth, uh, youth group from my church. And I remember, you know, because this is a booming revival happening, God's moving. And mm-hmm. Lord. That was the Brownsville revival, right? A lot of people. Revival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, many know about that. And um, so, you know, people were excited to go and excited to go get prayed for. And here I was, though, like I had been looking to man for my identity for all these years. And I was like, you know what, God? No, I, you know, I know you're moving through people, you know, but I was just like, I'm not going to go get prayed for. If you want someone to pray for me, you send them to me, you know, (laughs) touch me yourself. But, you know, if you're real, God, I just need you to do it. And I'm going to stand right here. And I just kind of stood in the aisle way with a hard heart, but yet just a teeny bit of hope. Like if you're real, man, God will use that. If all we have is a little bit of hope. At one point, God said to me, just a drop will do when it comes to faith. You know, he can use that. And I realized now that's what I had. And a few people came over and prayed for me. And each time I felt my heart heart soften a little bit more. One man came over and, and prayed for me and prophesied over me. And he just, I could feel the presence of God. And he, and he said, man, girl, I just, I just see you reaching so many people. And then he said, mover, shaker, history maker. And wow. he said that I, the, it was like the walls around my heart broke down. They could not stand up against that truth, you know? And I lifted my hands now like, okay, God, you're doing something. And I began to just weep in his presence, hands lifted. And suddenly I felt two hands come down from heaven and push me to the ground. And I wept in this kneeling position. And it was almost like, you know, bowing before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know, humbled in that moment, weeping. And then I don't know how long I was like that, but Eventually, back in those days, they would flick the lights when it got really late. And they yes. <laughs> that. And I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here. I got to get up. So I tried to get up and walk. And I remember my, my body felt so heavy. My legs felt so heavy. And I remember looking around and, and everything looked different. And I felt like I was inside this bubble and like I was looking through a bubble. And I realized now I was, you know? Yes. And I was just encapsulated by the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and made my way over to my family, totally just sort of in another world, something was happening. And my uncle just kind of looked at me and smiled. And he said, "Um, he's big, isn't he? And when he said that, I felt the ground. It was like, yes, that is what's happening right now. I am encountering the bigness of God for the first time. And I fell to the ground. Well, they ended up having to, I couldn't move. I tried. I could not move. I'm weeping. They had to get a wheelchair, get me out of there. They lugged me in the back of the car. And um, I remember in the back of the car, all of a sudden feeling that presence that was all around me just blast inside me. And I, and then God started to speak to me and he said, Chrissy, I've always been with you, but now I have my arms wrapped around you. And he did. And he had me held tight in scriptures that I learned all my life began flashing before my eyes and in my heart. Yes. And they ended up getting me up to the condo where we were, got me in the bed. And that whole evening, I mean, as I slept, scripture after scripture after scripture, I remember dreaming about First Samuel 3 and, you know, God giving me that scripture. And when I woke up the next morning, I put my feet on the ground and I, and I just 
had a whole new outlook on life. And I said, good morning, Lord, <laughs> you know, with joy. And I knew all of a sudden who I was. I was a child of God. That's who I am. I am, I am God's daughter. I am his beloved. And he, that's the moment that I knew that he is not just God of far, but he's God of near and that he wants to encounter us, that he wants to come to us. If we'll seek him, we'll find him. You know, yes, we seek him with all our heart, like Jeremiah says. Yes. And that's what's available for us. <laughs> well, let me just put one line on the end of that. May we all experience the bigness of God. I love the way you put that. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. But first, let me tell you about the resource that we're offering you today. It's Chrissy Nelson's new book, Created for the Impossible, plus her exclusive three CD teaching series, Supernatural Living in Your Everyday Life life. Also, Chrissy has prepared an exclusive bonus CD for any parent, grandparent, even a spiritual parent called Supernatural Parenting. Well, Chrissy was on the path to fulfill her destiny, strong and on fire for God, but something happened. That little thing called life got in the way. We'll be right back. Call now to get Chrissy Nelson's new book, Created for the Impossible, and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Supernatural Living in Your Everyday Life, plus her bonus audio CD, Supernatural Parenting. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9582. In her book, Created for the Impossible, Chrissy Nelson draws from her history of powerful God encounters and shares relevant biblical accounts. In this book, you will learn how to identify thoughts of fear, unbelief, and shame so that you can quickly shut down the attacks of the enemy. Exchange wrong thoughts for what God says about you and learn how to let His promises supernaturally adjust your thinking. Watch as your beliefs about God and your identity and your calling agree with what God says. You also receive Chrissy Nelson's anointed three part audio CD teaching set, Supernatural Living in Your Everyday Life. Through CD number one, you will understand that being created for the impossible means you can discern the beautiful simplicity of the gospel and live your everyday life from this place. Through CD number two, you will learn that being created for the impossible means understanding and believing the good things that God says about you. You are His beloved child, seated in heavenly places, and have been given the mind of Messiah. Through CD number three, you will discover that being created Created for the impossible means you can boldly approach the shoreline of the impossible, knowing that God will supernaturally part the waters of doubt and unbelief in your everyday life, propelling you into your God-given destiny. Plus, on this bonus audio CD, Supernatural Parenting, Chrissy shares with mothers, fathers, grandparents, and caretakers how to help their children understand that they have been created to achieve the impossible. In Supernatural Parenting, there's a special word that God has given me just for kids, so you're going to want to share this with your children. Don't miss out on getting Chrissy Nelson's new book, Created for the Impossible, and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Supernatural Living in Your Everyday Life, plus her bonus audio CD, Supernatural Parenting. This is an exclusive offer for our rich Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9582. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9582 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. I'm here with Chrissy Nelson, the author of Created for the Impossible. Now, Chrissy, you were going along your way, living life. You had family, career, but you'd sort of lost something along the way from that time at the revival. Yeah, I did. I lost vision, you know, and I lost vision for my life. I, um, God brought my husband into my world at a young age and we got married and I'm so thankful for him. We're going on 16 years coming up. Praise God. Nice. And, um, <laughs> and you know, we, the reality of life sort of hit us. My husband graduated from Bible school and we were ready to go change the world by 22, you know, and, um, and so, but then there was this thing called, oh, we have to pay bills. And, oh, you know, you got to work a job to do that. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> the life word. <laughs> yes, you know. And so sort of the, just the grind and the rigmarole of, of everyday life um, really began to take a toll on me. 
as you know, days turned into months and months turned into years. Um, and those years were further and further from, you know, all those years of encountering God in my youth. And I wasn't encountering him, but I also wasn't seeking him. And um, so, you know, in my mid 20s and, you know, 26, I just was really dry, really weary, um, really just had shelved the, prom- like I said earlier, shelved the promises of God. Um, kind of every now and then I would think about it and I would sort of reinterpret um, what my life looked like there, you know, just to try and be positive about it. I would reinterpret that for the many people God said I would reach, you know, for the multitudes he said I would reach, you know, well, these are my multitudes. These are my people um, that I'm encountering every day and I can touch them, you know? Um, And that was true in that moment, but it didn't need to take the place of the promise. Yes. I didn't know that at the time. Yes. And that's what brought discouragement is because I was doing one or the other. I wasn't really embracing this thing called the process. (laughs) Um, And so then I had my daughter and it's when I had my baby girl when I was 27 years old um, that all of a sudden her life, something about her life began to stir up the life of Christ inside me. And I remember this is when it all came together one night, rocking this newborn baby girl in the middle of the night, you know, sleep deprived, new mom. Yes. Motherhood totally shocked me. I was not (laughs) expecting it to be the way it was. It's, you know, it's not all sunshine and roses. It's challenging. There's sleep deprivation. There's, you know, you don't know what you're doing and all of that. And, you know, but that really positioned me to need God in a way that I hadn't admitted I needed him. You know, I was doing life on my own. I was sort of independent and I I didn't realize I was doing it all my way. And I couldn't do that anymore with being a new mom in this new world of the unknown. And I remember sitting in the rocking chair in the middle of the night, everybody was asleep in my house. Well, everybody being my husband and, and our dog. And, um, and I just rocking my baby. And I remember just looking up to the heavens and tears started streaming down my face. And I began to cry out to God again for the first time in a long time. And I just began to say, God, who am I? What do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? Who am I, Lord? And in that moment, he spoke and it was that familiar voice. And he said, Chrissy, look down. And I looked down at this baby girl in my arms there embraced by her mother. And he said that, that is who you are. And that is what I want you to do. And I got it. I got it in that moment. I was called to live a life surrendered and abandoned to him in his arms, letting him carry me. And I'm his child. He was reminding me again, you are my child. You're my beloved child. And that's the message for us all is that we're his child. We're his beloved. And he wants to wrap his arms around us. And that then thrusted me back into a life of just joy and pursuing God in my everyday. And you know what? I I think when we have a heart of full surrender, God knows that we have a heart of full surrender and honors that. I mean, you even had another encounter that you describe. You were laying on the floor, actually, in the sanctuary. And what happened? Yeah, I, um, you know, this was a few years later, and I was, um, you know, I was just really going after God, really going after his heart, and um, I just was kind of laying in his presence, um, you know, after a, tr- after a service and that, just really feeling him, and then all of a sudden, I had this encounter where I was laying on the ground, I'm gazing up at the heavens, and I all of a sudden, I see this man in white just walking toward me. And I looked around me, and suddenly I wasn't in the church sanctuary, but I was on a dirt road, and I saw him reach down and pick me up. And I remember being limp like a a rag doll, you know, just utterly limp, but so curious, like, who is this and where is he taking me? And all of a sudden, I, I see this throne, and I see Jesus sitting on the throne, the Lamb of God sitting there, and I realize it's the Father. The Father is the one holding me, and He's carrying me to His Son, and He lays me down there, utterly limp, utterly abandoned, before the Son, and He says, here you are, Son. 
I have found you another one, another life surrendered to you. Here I bring you the reward of your suffering. I just, it was so powerful. That is. And I just, and I could feel a tear just begin to stream down my face. And, and I remember just saying to God, what are you doing, Lord? You know, what do you want me to say to them? What do you want me to say? And he just, and he answered me and he said, speak of the cross, speak of my love and now go. And then in this instant, after laying there before the lamb, you know, I, I discovered here I was on this road again. And I realized this dirt road that I was laying on was the road that scripture talks about with the road marked out for us that we're to run, you know, with perseverance. Yes. Yes. And I got it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know if you feel this or not, but I, I, as you tell this story and as you, as you convey this message, I feel like that there's people that are listening that might be on that road and they are ready to surrender, but don't exactly know how to do it. Would you speak to them? Yeah. Yeah. I would just even pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you stir that up inside them that, that right now I declare, I just declare by the spirit through the airwaves that whoever you are, however many of you there are, if you are feeling like you don't know how to surrender, you just let go. In the name of Jesus, just let go. And I declare right now that what you've been holding on to so tight that's been hindering you from letting go and just surrendering finally, wholly, once and for all, that right now by the spirit of the living God, in the name of Jesus, you'll be able to let go in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. And it's really that simple is letting go. And honestly, that's one of the hardest things that we ever have to do. Exactly, exactly. We're like, no, I have to be a little bit in control. Oh, yeah. And that's, but that's the beautiful thing about the helper, about the Holy Spirit. You know, he helps us let go. We're never alone. We're never called to do any of the things that that the Lord wants us to do. He never isn't there equipping us to do it. Yes. Yes. Always right there. Okay. I have to talk about this. I know everybody's going to enjoy it as I did, but I have to talk about this. Your little daughter, what you and your husband call, she has a ministry of hugs. What's that about? Yeah. You know, it started when she was really still finding her vocabulary and um, she was about four years old. And we'd be in the grocery store or anywhere out in public, and she would say, Mommy, I need to go hug that man, or I need to go hug that woman over there. And I'd look, and they'd be kind of far off or something, and I'm like, what? And she's like, Mommy, I need you. I need to hug them. And I'm like, you know, okay. And, and, and as soon as I would say okay, she would take off running. And I'd be, I realized that I needed to maybe walk a little closer to them before I said, okay, because it was only <laughs> keep up and warn them like my daughter, she feels like she needs to hug you, <laughs> you know? Um, and she would just go hug them, almost tackle them. And most of the time it wasn't the ones that were so, you know, super sweet and ready for a hug. They were a little bit grumpy. And I realized that there she had this ministry of hugs to sort of break down those walls and surprise people with, pure love, compassion, mm-hmm. and that would happen all over the place. <laughs> and and it's such a lesson to all of us, isn't it? I mean, a, a child that sees that people need compassion, that they need love for them to do an outward demonstration like that. You also, uh, whew, this, oh my goodness, you also tell us a story about taking her to dance class one morning, you stopped to get gas, and you saw a man there, actually by a dumpster. Yeah, we... Um the miracle of it all was we were actually not only on time for dance, but early. And oh. <laughs> so I was able to stop and get gas, you know? <laughs> when you have little ones, that can be a miracle, right? Yeah, it was a miracle. And so I'm like, wow, I'm going to get gas now. And as I'm pumping the gas, I see this man, and he's sitting against the dumpster, and he looked so hopeless. And he, you know, had a beer can in one hand, a cigar in the other hand, and... um And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and he said, I wonder if anybody's prayed with him yet today. And I thought, oh, yeah, I wonder if anybody's prayed with him yet today. And the window was down where my daughter was sitting, and I just felt, I'm going to go ask her, you know. So I asked my daughter, I said, honey, you see that man over there? And she said, yeah. And I said, I wonder if anybody's prayed with him yet today. And, of course, I kind of knew where this was going, but I felt led to 
approach it this way and see, you know, that's part of my whole mentoring and discipling my kids thing and um, letting the Holy Spirit stir in them. And she looked and she said, yeah. And I said, well, do you suppose we should go ask? And she said, yeah. (laughs) Like, okay. So I finished pumping my gas, rolled my windows up and stuff. And we walked over to him and we said, excuse me, sir, you know, has we just wanted to come over here and see if anybody had prayed with you yet today. And, you know, he looks at me and he looks at my little ballerina daughter and her, you know, pastel soft colored, you know, leotard and tutu. And he's like, well, no. <laughs> and it was, you know, before nine in the morning. And, and he, and I said, can we pray with you? And he said, yeah. And I said, what do you need prayer for? And he said, well, and all of a sudden he said, I just need Satan to leave me alone. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, I didn't put that part in my book, but um, <laughs> that's what he said. I know. And um, and we said, well, okay, you know, that can happen. He can leave you alone. And so we knelt down and just began to pray with him and ended up um, leading him in the prayer of salvation. You know, he ends up declaring Jesus as Lord of his life, you know, right there against the dumpster. And um and it was beautiful. And when we were done, we just thanked him. We could feel the presence of God. We could feel peace, you know, suddenly the space around him that was um, a bit chaotic. It was just full of peace. And he was full of peace. And, um, you know, we started to walk away. And my daughter, we were holding hands and she grips my hand as we were, had gotten, you know, a bit away from him. And she's like, mommy, I need to go hug that man. And I said, oh, and I paused for a second, a little mommy pause, and I I remembered, you know, the beer can, the cigar, and and stuff, and I'm like, okay, I always want to use wisdom, but she squeezed again. She's like, mommy, I need to hug him. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need, you know. And of course, knowing this is part of her ministry, you know, I I said, okay, and it was like before I could even get the words out, she's running to him, and I turn around and I'm like, kind of trying to warn him, but before I can even say anything, she's leapt into his arms, wrapped her arms around him, squeezes him tight, and then is running back to me. And he and I locked eyes, and it was like we're just nodding. He's nodding. I'm nodding. I have tears filling my eyes. The presence of God is is merely tangible, and we know that something incredible has just happened. And my daughter and I get back in the car. We start to drive away, and I look over at him, and and I see this man that was once hunched over. I see him lean back, lift his eyes to the heavens, and take a deep breath. And he just exhaled, and he was full of perfect peace. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? When you hear stories like that, I, I think it reminds us sometimes of how, you know, when Jesus was ministering, he didn't always just minister to believers. He ministered to the unlovely, uh, the the people that, that needed what he had to give. You know, he was the great physician. And I know you minister in healing a lot as well in, in your own ministry, uh, Chrissy. You uh, tell a story about a man. You went up to, uh, uh, to Detroit, Michigan, and where you're mother-in-law has a ministry. Uh, It sounded like it was in probably a pretty bad part of Detroit, Michigan. So uh, probably never, never knowing who might wander in. But anyway, you had the opportunity to pray for a man that just wandered in. Yeah. Yep. Her, her mission is on one of the highest crime streets of the city and uh, one of the most dangerous, and that's where God told her to plant, and she's been there for 20 years. Oh, God and bless her. I had the privilege of, yeah, she's one of those faithful ones, and um, I had the privilege of going there with her one you know, one day pretty recently, and, um, you know, we were ministering, loving on the people. They come in, they get food, they get prayer, they hear the Word, you know, they hear the Gospel, and... Um, you know, this was really at the beginning of my journey of surrender, just, you know, really discovering what God was wanting me to be doing, you know, and who I was. And so I remember just being there, being available. Yeah, and this was several years ago, and I was just available, a vessel, and um, I had been having dreams about the the mission and people coming in and just ready and eager for anything. And this so this man had wandered in. He said he felt drawn in. He had came in on crutches, and um, he 
was sitting there and we were all kind of worshiping together. And the Lord said to me, you go pray over his feet. And I thought, oh, and I pictured as he, when he said that, I saw myself in the spirit. I saw myself kneeling at his feet with my hands on his feet. And I said, okay, you know, I, I'll go. And so I go over to him and I asked him, can I pray over your feet? And he had sandals on and, you know, did not have the loveliest of feet. Um, and one of his, foot, his feet um, was bandaged up. Some, and he had told us later that he had he had a major gash on the bottom of his foot. And he had just come from the doctor who just, you know, down in the inner city, they just sort of minimally treat it. And they had wrapped it in gauze lightly and gave him some crutches. And he was in tremendous pain. And um, and so I began to pray over his, his foot. Um, he wasn't able to put any pressure on it or anything. And as I'm praying over it, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And he said, I am healing his foot. And I said, well, okay, good. Thank you, Lord. And, and I'm, you know, still down there at his feet. And he told me, he said, stand up, look him in the eyes and you tell him to walk. And I said, okay. Um, I, this took major boldness. Cause again, I'm at the beginning of this journey of surrender and, um, and I, and so I stand up, I look him in the eye and I said, the Lord says he's healing your foot and he says to walk. And he said, and, and, but when the Holy spirit is on us, you know, when God is speaking through us, there's that authority. And so he didn't even question. He just said, okay, you know, and he put his foot down to take a step and, and, and he's, he's looking at his feet cause he was nervous. And the more he puts pressure on his foot, the more he realizes there's no pain. And so he looks up at me with this look of awe and wonder, like a child that's just taken a first step. And I'm nodding like, yes, this is real. And he's like, and I'm like, now walk. And I start walking backwards and he starts walking forward toward me, putting more and more pressure. And his face was just priceless. And he was able to walk. And then by the time he got just, you know, maybe five, six feet forward, he starts jumping. <laughs> and He turns around and he looks at the rest of the room and he says, I can walk. I'm healed. There's no pain. And then he starts to like preach to this room. <laughs> he didn't even know Jesus, but he's like, you don't understand. I, I didn't know why I was coming in. I've never been here before, but something just drew me in here. And, and I, I, this gash happened. He starts telling the story about the gash on his foot. It just happened today. He was in so much pain. He's like, but now look at me, look at me. And we're like, and my mother-in-law and I are like, yes, look what God can do, you know, and we're, you know, sort of mentoring this group, let's praise God, you know, and we tell Steve was his name. We're like, tell God, thank you. You know, and he just starts lifting his hands. Thank you, God. Thank you for healing me. Now and did, the whole room was amazed. <laughs> now, did they ever see him again? Did he come back? Yes. My mother-in-law said that for the, you know, several weeks prior after that, he would pop his head in every now and then and be like, Hey, just wanted to say hi. I was just out mowing my lawn, still healed. You know, <laughs> And he would just pop his head in and he's still, you know, every now and then he'll pop his head in and say hi. And still healed. It's like, <laughs> like family. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, let me remind everyone that's listening that at the end of this program, Sid Roth will be here to let you know how you can get Chrissy's new book, Created for the Impossible. You know, one of the things that I love about this book is at the end of every chapter, Chrissy asks you a question. What is he saying to you? Which promotes you to seek and commune with the Lord. And then and she also provides a blank space for you to write down your answers and your thoughts there so that they're fresh in your mind. And also you can go back and you can look at them. You can review them time and time again. And Chrissy's also prepared an exclusive three CD teaching series, Supernatural Living in Your Everyday Life, and a free bonus CD, Supernatural Parenting. Well, we've been learning a lot about Chrissy and what God is teaching her, what he's doing in her life. But after the break, we want to talk about you. <laughs> what is God saying to you? What does he want from you? And what does he want you to know? Stay with us.
Maybe you've heard it said a million times, God has an amazing plan for you. Yet why is it that so many believers have a major hindrance that keeps them from accessing God's promises and actually walking in the miraculous power that God has made available to us? Chrissy Nelson has been given the keys to help you begin accessing every one of God's promises and walk in your divine destiny and purpose. Call now to get Chrissy Nelson's new book, Created for the Impossible, and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Supernatural living in your everyday life, plus her bonus audio CD, Supernatural Parenting. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience, yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9582. In her book, Created for the Impossible, Chrissy Nelson draws from her history of powerful God encounters and shares relevant biblical accounts. In this book, you will learn how to identify thoughts of fear, unbelief, and shame so that you can quickly shut down the attacks of the enemy. Exchange wrong thoughts for what God says about you and learn how to let His promises supernaturally adjust your thinking. Watch as your beliefs about God and your identity and your calling agree with what God says. God is wanting to use this book to supernaturally naturally adjust your thinking in your everyday so that you finally, once and for all, journey with Him in this beautiful discovery of who He says that you are and what He thinks you can do, which is anything and everything through Him. You also receive Chrissy Nelson's anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Supernatural Living in Your Everyday Life, through CD number one you will understand that being created for the impossible means you can discern the beautiful simplicity of the gospel and live your everyday life from this place. Through CD number two, you will learn that being created for the impossible means understanding and believing the good things that God says about you. You are His beloved child, seated in heavenly places, and have been given the mind of Messiah. Through CD number three, you will discover that being created for the impossible means you can boldly approach the shoreline of the impossible, knowing that God will supernaturally part the waters of doubt and unbelief in your everyday life, propelling you into your God-given destiny. Plus, on this bonus audio CD, Supernatural Parenting, Chrissy shares with mothers, fathers, grandparents, and caretakers how to help their children understand that they have been created to achieve the impossible. It's important that you realize in Supernatural Parenting, there's a special word that God has given me just for kids. So you're going to want to share this with your children so that they can receive this important word that God has just for them. Don't miss out on getting Chrissy Nelson's new book, Created for the Impossible, and her anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Supernatural Living in Your Everyday Life, plus her bonus audio CD, Supernatural Parenting. This is an exclusive offer for our rich Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9582. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9582 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. I am here with Chrissy Nelson, author of Created for the Impossible. Uh, Chrissy, we've been having a great time talking, and you've been talking about what God's doing in your life and, and your ministry. What if some people say, you know what, I, I just don't feel like I fit in that kind of a mold? I would say I relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> totally relate. And Me too, sometimes. To the, yeah, and I relate to the angst that that will produce in us a lot of times, you know, where we don't necessarily feel like we fit. Um, I remember one morning I was sitting alone in my house and really frustrated with God, to be honest, because I felt like I just wasn't fitting in anywhere. And I was just crying out to him, like, God, why? Why are things, you know, this was really in the last six years of, or really last five years, you know, as I started pursuing writing, as I started pursuing ministry and my book and these things, you know, and I'm like, God, why is, are things not working out in this season? Like I thought you showed me. And he spoke, the Holy Spirit spoke. And he said to me, Chrissy, you have been trying so hard to color inside the lines. And then he said, it is okay to color outside the lines. And I got it. And I, I just wept and I realized, oh my goodness, I had been trying so hard to sort of fit into a mold where I don't fit. And it's okay to be different. And I thought about my kids and I, I remember, and I thought about when they color and my daughter who at the time was 
you know, really coloring inside the lines and learning that. And my son was more free spirited and, you know, he's only three at the time and he would color with the same joy as my daughter, but just all over the place. And I remember one time my daughter said to him, justice, buddy, you're, you're not coloring out um, inside the lines. You're just scribbling. And he looked at her. And in this moment, he actually, that actually hurt him. Usually he'd just color and keep going and not care. But on that particular day, it hurt him. And I remember seeing the big crocodile tears well up in his eyes as he sort of looked at his paper and looked at his sister's paper and did and compared them and realized, yeah, mine does look like, like scribbling next to hers. But it's that concept that the Holy Spirit used to show me it's okay to color outside the lines. And what one person may call scribbling is actually what God says is, is our normal, you know, and we should just go for it and just be uniquely who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said, God didn't make me to fit in everywhere. He made me to stand out. Oh, that's a great line. That was my takeaway. <laughs> like, you know what? And I remember like almost using my elbows as like, a, I'm done, you know, bust me out of this box and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say what God tells me to say. I'm going to do what he tells me to do, and it may look messy sometimes, or it may look like this or that, but you know what? I fear God, not man, and if he says to go for it, I'm going to go for it, and that's what he wants for all of us. He wants us all just to embrace the uniqueness of how he's made us and go for it with him. Yes, so for every single person that's listening, and I'm including myself here, don't worry or be so concerned about fitting in all the time when God made us to stand out. That is so encouraging. I love that. I love that. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to write that and put it on the wall in my office, I think. So (laughs) that's everybody's assignment today. Make a little sign that says, God made me to stand out. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. You talk about the everyday supernatural, as if we can have God in our everyday. Yeah, because we can. (laughs) And we should. I was hoping you would say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Even even in conversation, uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, engaging him in in the middle of just our everyday, in, in what we consider a normal day. Yeah, you know, we're created to seek Him. We're created to hunger and thirst after Him, and we're created to need Him, you know? And I need Him not just um, to help me do ministry, but I need Him to help me mother. I need Him to help me be the wife that He created me to be. I need Him to help me be the person that He created me to be, you know? And we're created to live this life of really constant dialogue with Him, where we're communicating with him as a lifeline, as a source of, of wisdom and of, you know, he's, the Bible says that when you remain in me, I remain in you. And as we remain connected to him, then he's connected to us and he's speaking through us. And, and this is this normalcy of this everyday devotion to the father where he's our everything. You know, I, I remember thinking about the story of Mary and Martha and, um, you know, we all talk about that story and we talk about how Mary, you know, Jesus said that Mary chose the better thing where she's, you know, at his feet. And Martha was in the kitchen doing her kitchen work and cooking and all of that. And I remember thinking one day while I read that, what if Martha had just invited Jesus into the kitchen with her? You know, she could have been communing with him in this normalcy of what she was doing, but invited him into it. I feel like he would have gone, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. like he would have been there. And I feel like that is what the Holy Spirit was wanting to get through to me to then be able to, you know, apply in my life and communicate to others that, yeah, let's invite him in, invite him into our everyday, invite him into what seems mundane and let him produce more joy and peace in, in those everyday experiences. Yes. 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 I like that so much. So your heart and, and not so much your obligation, but having him with you all the time. Yeah. Yep. That, that was a word that God gave me was that God wants, he desires our heart and not our obligation where I'm not, I'm not living this life of, you know, I'm obligated to pray five minutes every day or pray one hour every day. Cause where does that stop? 
where does that start and stop? Right. It, you know, it, I could be praying for five hours a day, and then my neighbor could be praying for 10 hours a day. Well, somehow now I fail, pale in comparison. Well, no, we're not called to this life of obligated prayer and devotion. We're called to a life of joyful communion with the Father as his children in our everyday. Hey, God, thank you for helping me figure out this recipe. It may sound really simple, but you know what? He's our helper. Thank you for helping me figure this out. Thank you for helping me not blow up at my kids when they, you know, broke that antique vase, you know, in the living room on accident, you know? Yes. Um, Thank you for, you know, it's this lifestyle of just of devotion and love for him that doesn't come from a place of obligation, but rather joy. Mm hmm. So so we don't have to necessarily say, I'm going to reserve my time that I spend with the Lord so for when I get to church tonight or when I get to the sanctuary or when I get to the altar and then I have that time with him. But I, I don't know about other people, but I have a 30-minute drive to work. And I love that time because I'm in that car for 30 minutes and, you know, you get sort of on autopilot probably all too often when we're driving, but it's a wonderful time to invite God into our life right then that day, what we're about to do, what we, uh, any thoughts, any dreams that we had overnight, um, you know, asking for direction for the day, just invite him. I, I use that time a lot. I'm sure people that are listening may have other times that they could invite him in. I just love that concept, Chrissy. Yeah, and it, it just it comes from a place of knowing that we're his child and that he delights over us. You know, Zephaniah, um, in, in Zephaniah, the book in the Bible, it says that he, he dances over us. You know, he delights in us. And um, let's put that to the test. God, do you really delight in me? You know, mm-hmm. let's try delighting in him. And then we'll realize that, yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's kind of the whole point. <laughs> you know, before we leave, I wanted you to share one more encounter that you had that I feel like is sort of where the, the title of your book came from. Um, um, but you, you were talking about in the middle of the night, four o'clock in the morning, and you were getting up and you were getting your coffee and you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I was actually in the beginning stages of writing my book, and I would get up really early because that was my nice, quiet time, and I enjoyed it. Um, it was 4 a.m., got my coffee, and walking toward the couch, and sort of the thoughts that I was engaging in um, leading up to that was, God, really? You want me to write a book? What am I going to say that hasn't already been said? You know, what do I have that so-and-so doesn't have? Or so, You know, and I'm thinking of these big names. Um, people in ministry, you know, and the task at hand felt so big. And, um, and the Holy Spirit just cut right through that. And he spoke to me and it stopped me in my tracks. And he said, Chrissy, God thinks you can do anything. And I just stood there and I and I recalled where I'd heard that the first time. And it was actually um, at a service with Marilyn Hickey. And she was speaking on totally different subject, but somewhere in the middle of her teaching, she stopped. She looks out at the crowd and she says, because, you know, God thinks you can do anything. And that, it felt like she was just talking to me It was because it was so simple. And, um, and that was years prior. And the Holy Spirit was using that same thing. Chrissy, God thinks you can do anything. And that's what it all came down to, that impossible task at hand. And that's what I use Anytime I'm facing anything that God has me do, I remind myself, God thinks I can do anything. And that's why I kind of leap out into what he has me do. And it helps me in my everyday. It helps me as a mom. God thinks I can do anything. And that's what he says over each one of us, over the people that are listening right now. God says over you, I think you can do anything. And he knows it. Why? Because Romans 8, 11 says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in us. Man, the Spirit of God lives in each one of us. There is nothing that we can't do through Him. Nothing is impossible. Nothing's impossible for me, and nothing's impossible for each person that's listening to you, and for you, Donna. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. And for Paul, our sound engineer here today. <laughs> Chrissy, we have a couple minutes left, and thank you for that word. That is such a strong word. Would you pray for our listeners before we leave? 
Yeah, Father, I just speak life over each and every person that's listening right now. I I just speak into their hearts and into their lives, and I just declare over them that with God, nothing will be impossible. And I just agree with them in prayer right now that any mountain that seems to be in their way, any task that seems overwhelming, if life is just seeming overwhelming, if a mess is seeming overwhelming right now, I just declare with them that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you equip each and every person right now with a fresh um, wave of presence, with a fresh understanding of who it is that's living inside of them and operating in them and that they can speak to those mountains themselves and command them to move in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Chrissy, thank you for stopping by and spending some time with us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was so fun and an honor. Yes, it was. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Messianic Vision. We want you to be sure and uh, catch us the next time for another great program. And now, here's Sid to tell you how you can get this powerful resource from Chrissy Nelson. Sid? Chrissy Nelson believes that you are created for the impossible. And she answers some of the most important questions, such as, what is God saying to you? What does he want for you? And what does he want you to know? Be sure to get Chrissy's new book, Created for the Impossible, and her exclusive three CD teaching series. You'll also get a free bonus CD, Supernatural Parenting. You get this entire package, all for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447- 2697. That's 1 800 447 2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S I D R O T H dot O R G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9582. Once again, that's offer number 9582.